You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Hi everybody! Welcome back to the show. Really excited today because we have a ton of news to catch up on. But real quick PSA first. If you go to howtostand.substack.com or the directory part or block page on 17karatkpop.weebly.com, I have been busy essay and newsletter-wise, so if you want a really cool lyrical exploration of how throughout their discography, Seventeen has used metaphors to really paint a picture and continuously brought up the same symbols comeback after comeback for some really interesting overarching story themes. Plus I have my Attica album review, my NCT127 favorite album review, more Seventeen-related essays on the way, Plus, my Lee Jin Hyuk album review slash private press conference coverage. That was super exciting for me, so make sure you check out all that. Plus, my corresponding article to go with the last podcast episode about the best of October 2021's releases. So, whenever it seems like that's odd, she hasn't released an episode in quite a few days. Check out my website or subscribe to my newsletter, because when I'm not busy recording, I'm busy writing. So, with that PSA out of the way, we have to talk about the SM Town Halloween Party. If you know anything about the SM Entertainment Halloween Party, you know that nothing beats it. It is truly top tier. Honestly, last year, 2020, when people just canceled pretty much all their Halloween plans, I honestly was fine with that. I'm still, even after the pandemic, a pro-canceling plans and just staying home person. So I could totally live with not having Halloween festivities all month for all of October 2020. The thing that really got me upset last year was not any specific party, movie screening, whatever, that was cancelled. It frankly was just the lack of an SM Town party that was unbearable to me. It's like the Halloween's Met Gala. Super fun time to just go down a rabbit hole on Instagram and Twitter, so it delivered again. I was super, super, super psyched, even more than usual, because we didn't have this Halloween Met Gala last year, so there were so, so many great outfits. Yeri as a character from Princess Hours. Chunla as the nun from a horror movie really cracked me up, because last time he was it, and he's just such a... Such a small, cute member of the group, it's really funny that every year he goes the sinister route. Obviously lots of Squid Game characters. Shotaro reminding us that when in doubt and not excited about any particular thing you want to dress up as, just add a fun prop, like a tricycle, and then you're going to be psyched to go to that party and ride around in whatever. So he was Jigsaw. Then there was Onu as the Penguin. Johnny as the Coca-Cola Polar Bear. Last time he was Tony the Tiger, so we love this theme. My favorite look, I absolutely lost my mind over, Jenwoo and Taeyeon as Bella Swan and Edward Cullen from Twilight. Because first of all, Jenwoo was just so beautiful as Juliet for a previous Romeo-Juliet costume, 
And now to see him in the lawn brown curly wig as Bella, it just, I don't know, he always pulls it off. He's beautiful. Second thing is just that, wow, did Taeyeon fit the part. Like, he looked just like Edward. And the biggest reason I love their outfit is because I was the biggest Twihard back in the day, and I'm loving the revival of talking about Twilight. On TikTok, Twitter, etc., this resurgence in buzz about it and how much it was goofy or good, depending on who you are. But I love the discourse, and this was just perfect for them. Plus, they just did the vampire comeback, as I elaborated on in my episode all about that comeback. Smart timing during this resurgence of people talking about their past and sometimes now current love of all vampire stories. And it's always super cool when an official nod of approval goes out to one of my faves. And the official verified Twilight account did commend their look. Speaking of unexpected Twitter interactions, Q from The Boys had quite the spot-on Chucky ensemble, which led to the weirdest, most Mad Libs-esque Twitter back and forth with the verified Chucky on Twitter. Chucky was like, not bad, kid. And then he was saying, I'm Chucky too, wanna play? And then Chucky was like, he tweeted awesome in Korean. And then he's like, or whatever you kids say these days. Really bizarre, really weird, are we in the Twilight Zone moment. And it's both really cute and delightful and really unnerving that Chucky knows who the boys are now. I actually was about to quote tweet about how the interaction is quite adorable, but then I was worried Chucky would come for me because he probably doesn't want to be thought of as cute, but come on, his little outfit, stature, he's kind of cute. Anyway, and if you're still wondering, what's the big deal with K-pop Halloween costumes? Remember, they have access to pros, stylists, hair and makeup teams, etc. Even prosthetics and stuff, so they go all, all out. A few more outfits I just thought were really cool. Espa's outfits were just stunning. The Red Queen with Black Swan, Harley Quinn, and Red Light Green Light Girl. And not SM Entertainment, but I love that Jisoo dressed as her bandmate Lisa. I just thought that was super cute, and I wish more artists went as each other. I wish at least the four Blackpink members had gone as each other. That would have been so pretty. One last comment about Halloween before we move on to further hard-hitting analysis of the news today. I hope you guys remember Seventeen's iconic costume year where all in one year we had the joy of seeing Vernon's Where's Waldo look, Soongwon as Anpan Man, and Woozy as the Red Teletubby. That was a fantastic year for their costumes. So cute. Back to SM Entertainment talk, though. I do want to address what N-Citizens have been buzzing about lately, which is, where is Win-Win? Previously on the show, I brought up how, yes, Win-Win officially started his own agency. And SM Entertainment is saying, hey, that's solely for acting. And it has nothing to do with his role musically in NCT, in Wavy. But the other Wavy members have been more active lately online, and it's not uncommon to see the China-based NCT subunit, which is Wavy, not participate in a bunch of NCT reunion events or whatever. So if it's like, hey, I haven't heard from that member of NCT in a while, if it's a member from Wavy, that's pretty quickly understandable. They're not based in the promo hub in South Korea. However, 
All the other wavy members have been out there morally, including coming to this Halloween party. And Win-Win's absence was definitely noted. So with SM Entertainment trying to reassure people that Win-Win is not going anywhere, but he's literally not going anywhere, like not going to parties and stuff with the other members, it's left people wondering, is he out of the group? And they're just not telling us yet. There are three scenarios I think are possible here. Three main ones to consider, because I just don't know for sure. I'm not making a surefire prediction. But I'm speculating about three possibilities. One, he is out of the group, and they just don't know how to say that or plan to let him be the one to make a statement on his own time. He might be waiting for his acting agency now to really switch into high gear first, then reintroduce himself as actor win-win, new social media account set up for his new company, etc., and then say, yeah, by the way, I did leave the group. This could be planned out for a certain promotional timing, or maybe a contractual timing. Maybe he's barred from saying anything until a certain expiration date. I do think it's possible. It could also be possibility two, where he's still in the group, but is taking some time away. Maybe for a medical situation he doesn't want to disclose. Maybe for other personal issues with family life or something else private. Maybe he's at an inflection point in his career thinking, what do I want to do going forward? Do I pursue acting headfirst, or do I keep trying to exist in both worlds, sinning and acting? He may be taking time to really ruminate over that. It's a big life decision, and it takes time. Third possibility. He is in the group, and it's not like he's stepping away from it or anything. But he's just been absent because of a mix of circumstances, COVID and the political situation. As we've talked about in countless segments now on the show, there's quite the intense relationship now between different parts of Asia, the growth of fan economies, fan grassroots-centered initiatives, and their true concrete impacts that are making some government authorities on edge. So the point is there is a ton of sociopolitical strife right now. And so he may not be posting because of that, because during this period where China's really cracking down on what their celebrities can say and do, he's really worried about ruffling feathers and just figure better safe than sorry, don't post anything for a while. And then, of course, with COVID, he may not want to travel to the party for that reason. So just some things to think about. As of recording time, that's all we know, but we'll find out much more, I think, by year's end. Especially as award shows pick up. Another interesting SM Entertainment artist story I wanted to highlight. Key did this interview with Vogue, Vogue Korea, and certain lines stood out to me when he was talking about how he was preparing this release. He said, quote, There were issues with the budget and time. The synopsis for the music video was overturned. I had disagreements with people. There was a lot of drama. He did not elaborate, but that line really stood out to me. That he was given another chance to do another solo record, but with budget and time constraints, and the whole plot he wanted to go with for the video was overturned. He fought while working on this with the people he was consulting for the concept, that just left me thinking, I wonder if people just continue to underestimate him 
They see and hear Taemin and other shiny bandmates perform and view Ki as less than by comparison. And I wonder if people just underestimate him and don't want him to have full creative control because they don't feel like he deserves it yet. Like he has to prove it, that his ideas won't sell well. I don't know, but it was an interesting and surprising comment from someone who usually just has positive quotes about his career experiences. Let's move on to some Monster X updates. They are really gearing up for full speed ahead promo for the rest of 2021. Their new movie, The Dreaming, is coming to theaters in December. You can see it and more info about it at MonsterXTheDreaming.com, December 11th and 9th, where they're going to show off behind-the-scenes footage, interviews, performances. It's going to be in the same vein as Blackpink the movie from the same director. Anyway, besides that, they also have the full English album coming in December and a new K-pop comeback this month. They've also continued to promote the new English single, One Day, like their lives depend on it. Honestly, I'm just going to be really real with you. You know I love Monster X. But I'm just... Does anyone else feel, like with specifically One Day's promotion, that it just feels disproportionately excessive? Like, I get the need for a promo push, but compared to their other songs, even some of their other English songs, One Day is not up there on the list of strongest releases. It's just, it's been a barrage of Twitter polls, streaming parties, interviews, Q&As on Twitter, Instagram story ad buys that look like they took over, even getting into the NFT space, where if you connected Spotify to a fanapply.com account, you were entered in the running to win one of 100 exclusive NFTs. It was like a whole competition. A leaderboard was updated every hour. It was a whole thing. So I don't know, it just is very, very intense, this promo push. And it may be just me and my subjective taste. My subjective taste is definitely in favor of their Korean releases. They're just a very different vibe. And their English releases are more about the vibe. Less melody and stuff, more vibe focused, more US radio ready, and... I guess that's just not as much for me. It just, certain mega campaign pushes I just think that they have so many more songs that deserve a bigger promo push and deserve to be the song that gets listeners to fall in love with them. Certain songs that really grip them and pull them in and make them think, you know what, I'm a fan now. I don't know. I don't know if this is the material to do that. We shall see. Just my take. It's just been weeks and weeks of promo for an incredibly short and not the best song. Again, I love Mazda X. I'm saying this as a concerned fan. Let's move on to talking about the chart that just launched. The Hot Trending Songs chart. The first of its kind, updated every 24 hours. You could also modify it if you want to see just the look of it over the past week. This new chart is brought to you by Billboard and Twitter. So it's not about how many people are listening to or buying or saving songs. It's just about what songs are being talked about the most, tweeted about the most, which can look very different. This is not specifically for K-pop. This is just music on Twitter, period. Around the world, what is being talked about the most? Here's what that was for the week of October 30th. In 10th place, Thunderous by Stray Kids. Ninth place, 
Sticker by NCT127. Eighth place, Easy on Me by Adele. Seventh place, Butter by BTS. Sixth place, Savage by Espa. Fifth place, Tamed Dashed by N hyphen. Fourth place, BTS and Coldplay with My Universe. Third and second place go to Lisa for La Lisa and Money. And number one, Permission to Dance by BTS. You will notice, out of the top ten most tweeted about songs for the week, Adele is the only non-K-pop act and Coldplay, but that's with BTS. And I definitely expect that trend to continue week after week. Never underestimate the size and passion of K-pop fans, especially on Twitter. Side note, though, let's get rock with you up there. What are we doing? Next topic is all of the big news you may have missed from the latest community briefing, as they call it, that HYBE did to talk about where they've gone and where they're going next. There were some reflections about the past half year or so of Ithaca Holdings and HYBE merged together. Mr. Bing and Scooter Braun both virtually discussed what they call a boundless, challenging but boundless partnership that has been a success so far. And they broke down some upcoming projects for HYBE America, HYBE Japan, and in South Korea. One big announcement was, HYBE America is teaming up with Universal Music Group for an American-based audition show. So the new HYBE girl group will be made in America. Auditions are virtual, and you could submit a video starting November 28th. What's a little confusing is that some press publications I follow were tweeting about this as if making it sound like this group will be a K-pop group trained under the American pop group training model. In other news outlets report like it's historic for being vice versa. That it's the first time an American group will train under the K-pop model. It's weird wording about what's clear is that this is going to be a Made in America group. What's not clear that sources seem to differ about is if the announcement means this Made in America group will follow the K-pop training protocol or the American pop model. That, I don't know why sources are conflicting there, but just wanted to highlight that. It's also interesting because now that it's virtual, A, that gets rid of the fun of audition shows in a reality show about this, B, the girls who want to audition must submit a video showing them doing one of four things. Singing, rapping, dancing, or producing. How do you show in a video that you're producing? I mean, I guess I get it, but it just seems like kind of a weird model. I feel like almost an interview or just sending an audio sample would be better. Anyway, that's happening. You have to be ages 15 to 19, or in the European Union, 16 to 19, and again, you can audition starting the 28th. This group, being a partnership with UMG, Universal Music Group, is really interesting considering the timing. Because BTS just announced a move from Columbia Rex to UMG. And reportedly, it has been, quote, a years-long effort by the UMG CEO to woo the HYBE executives. So Billboard is saying, apparently, just as this girl group has probably been a long time coming, secret discussions had about it between HYBE and UMG, 
So too have years-long discussions of UMG trying to bribe, not bribe, but woo, HYBE to transfer BTS from Columbia to them. So that's quite interesting. There's more drama that's been reported, because apparently Columbia's CEO never met with Mr. Bang in person. This deal was in place in 2018, so it's not just the pandemic that's preventing them from meeting. But apparently there was just this total lack of interest in true emotional investment in this group. So it will be interesting if there seem to be management and PR shifts under UMG. Another big thing they announced is Hybe artists getting a series of webtoons. These web stories are coming early next year starting with BTS's called Seven Fates Chaco, the story of this guy Bohm who wants revenge after the loss of loved ones. It draws inspiration from Korean folklore to tell the story of seven Chacos, seven tiger hunters. Wait till the Tiger King directors find out they have been surpassed in popularity before the show even airs. Then TXT's web show The Star Seekers will come out and will be corresponding to the story in their music video universe that those characters and their magical powers are dealing with. Later, N-Hyphen's webcomic will be out, Dark Moon, and a fourth will come out sometime after those three. So in 2022, expect a new girl group, the new series of comics in mid-January, updates to the Weverse app, a BTS computer game launching that BTS is actually helping produce, helping with making it, and Hybe Japan is starting a boy group. They're going to have a new audition show for their debut. It will feature some island members, plus new members found through that audition show. You could watch it on TV in Japan, but globally it will be on YouTube. Even more from the conference. Hybe is getting into the world of cryptocurrency. Shameless plug, listen to my episodes in the Stay Tuned series of episodes, or go to my episode directory or the Stay Tuned page on my site to find all these episodes, but I did have an episode breaking down what cryptocurrency is all about in, I hope, layman's terms. So you should probably know, even if you're one of those people who's like, I don't want to hear anything about this and wants to shut down those conversations, Sorry, it looks like it's just a part of the future you're going to have to learn to know about. Not use. Again, I went on this whole argument before on the show about how I don't think the longevity of crypto will be huge. Or if it is, it just is not going to replace other currency or just surpass it in popularity. But anyway, you should still know about it because it will continue to be influential. And the latest example is Hybe forming a joint venture with Dunamu, the top cryptocurrency operator in South Korea. They both now have purchased stocks in one another to become minority shareholders. And basically what they're going to do is sell NFTs using verified images and voices of their artists. They're basically going to be taking photo cards and voice recordings and turning them into audio or video NFTs. It's really interesting timing that they just announced they're going to do this, and I wonder how far in advance they plan to do this. Probably a while, but it would be funnier if they just on the spot said, that's it, we're doing this, in response to this fake cryptocurrency they just took legal action against. 
This thing called army coin was started in Singapore, not official or authorized. So Hybe is going to pursue legal action about the intellectual property violation. So it'd be really funny if they just did this out of spite. Speaking of finances, they also at this briefing talked about money the past year. Their quarter three of the year profits, which were up 63% from 2020. Their one-year net sales increase has been about 80%. And their net profit increase over the course of a calendar year has been 81.86%. Meanwhile, monthly active users on Weverse rose by 20%. That's not compared to the year, that's compared to quarter two of this year, but that's even more impressive. So through merch and going public as a company, the year has been super profitable for them, despite not having live concert tours. I'm not trying to sound conspiratorial, but I do just find it very interesting that SM Entertainment just had another press briefing this week as well. They readdressed their remastering project, over 300 SM Entertainment videos, music videos from the 90s and 2000s, are going to get an upgrade, a remastered version on YouTube. They talked again about Espa covering SES's Dreams Come True, that will be out this December. They talked about just how they're repurposing their old classics and remastering them. So that's interesting because they had that conference. They already told us all this. They had another press conference, but they already talked about all this at an earlier conference. I remember on this show talking about this remastering project when it was announced. So the fact they just re-announced stuff for another conference the same week, I just found it really interesting. Lots more agency news that I found interesting. A subsidiary of SM, Dear You, plans to launch a metaverse platform that will go public and go towards funding intellectual property rights, as well as creating a new communication platform of sorts. Then you've got Mamamoo's company, RBW, going public. Rainbow Bridge World, set to go public this month, as of recording time, not yet, but soon. The goal is to use this new public funding for the company to raise money for a bunch of new stuff. A new production center, new dance studios, new facilities overall. So keep your eyes on Purple Kiss and any future RBW groups. I feel like they have a lot in the works. Fun fact, did you know RBW actually holds the rights to 2100 songs? Currently 2100 songs belong to this agency. They own a lot of intellectual property. Don't underestimate that company. Meanwhile, the former Eyes One member Miyawaki Sakura, who was rumored to be joining HYBE, has officially left her Japanese agency. And remember, she left her group HKT48 back in June, and now she's left her Japanese agency. All signs point to the rumors being true that she's joining a HYBE-affiliated girl group. P.O. from Block B has signed with Artist Company. Yes, that's the name of it, Artist Company because he just ended his Seven Seasons contract last month. NCL is joining Tap Music. This is actually in addition to everything else we've talked about lately with her. Satellite 414, Very Cherry, even some PR help from Kane Daniels' company, Connect Entertainment. On top of all that, she has another PR team behind her now with Tap Music. Speaking of company moves, I guess... Let's talk a little bit about Milagro Entertainment. 
The CEO of that company, Lee Jae-gyu, admitted to basically chart manipulation, bribery, a pay-for-play scheme, like the one we talked about in EJ and Open Your Eyes. That episode, I know it's technically EJ, but whatever, I wanted the pun, so it's E-A-J and Open Your Eyes. That episode, we dive into this history of this happening. Anyway, the latest example is the CEO of a company. The case was forwarded to prosecution November 1st. He admitted to bribing Yun Taksan, a Tratsan, why are you coming out from there, to be artificially boosted. There were two, frankly, careless smoking guns in this case. One was the audio recording, this is not the careless part, the audio recording sent to cops from a colleague of his who just confessed outright to everything. The other is the proof, the paper trail, of when the bribe didn't really work and the song didn't really chart that much higher, he asked for a refund and got it. So literally, they had the receipts to prosecute him. Anyway, he admitted to this, apologized, and emphasized that Yun Tak had nothing to do with this. He also emphasized that artists never do. So keep that in mind next time you're ready to yell at an artist for cheating or whatever, remember it's usually, if not always, not them. They have no idea what's happening on the charts with their song. They make the song and they move on to the next one. That's a whole separate world that their management is dealing with, so keep that in mind next time you're about to tweet something mean at an artist for what you see as cheating. It could be a case like this where they legit had no idea. Let's move on to a ton of 17 updates. The Power of Love online concert event is coming Sunday, November 14th, and then again with a different set list, November 21st. 5 p.m. Korean Standard Time both days. Tons more info is on Weverse. Meanwhile, as units, they've been busy as well. The hip-hop unit covers the November issue of Esquire Korea. Esku and Soongwon were just on the show Dogs Are Incredible. They performed on MTV's Fresh Out Live as a full group. They had a big Attica comeback showcase. Their YouTube channel just surpassed 7 million subscribers. Joshua and Hoshi were on Workman. You can watch that on YouTube now. Rock With You topped iTunes in 19 regions. Attica topped iTunes in 16 regions. Rock With You debuted on the Spotify Global Top 200 at 194th place. Which sounds a little disappointing, but remember, this is their first time breaking through on that chart, so that's really big. They released the Rock With You choreography video, the 007 version, the band live session version, hopefully a million more versions. They also released the performance-only versions of their comeback event, so you can watch their performance of Rock With You, Crush, and To You without having to just fast-forward to those parts of the showcase. Attica has a lot of new exciting stats, like it sold 500,000 copies in 20 hours, then a million in 5 days. It reached a new peak on the Billboard album chart at number 13. For 13 members, we love to see it. Meanwhile, June, back in China, is doing a ton of exciting stuff. He's been involved in the Supernova Games, which are basically the Isaacs, the Idol School Athletic Championships, but for China. And he's starring in a new sea drama. It's a romantic story adapted from a book called The Rabbit Overwhelms the Grass at the Nest. It sounds like a cute love story about this girl bunny who wants to be with his character, Super as he's called. And her mom supports it, but her dad doesn't. They clash over that. 
The next big topic to address before getting to miscellaneous rapid-fire headlines. The MAMA nominees, the Mnet Asian Music Award nominees, and my takes on them. Remember, voting is running November 4th through 22nd, and then the show airs December 11th. So right after you watch Monster X's concert film, the Mamas are on. Well, maybe before because of the time zone. You know what I mean. Let's talk about the nominees. You know what? Actually, let's talk about the voting changes first. There's some big ones. First of all, fan votes will no longer be any factor in the calculation of Artist of the Year, Song of the Year, and Album of the Year. Instead, they broke it up so that you have those no fan votes involved categories and now fan votes only categories. So now fan votes are the only variable impacting who wins the Worldwide Icon of the Year Award and the Worldwide Fans Choice Top 10 Awards. There are a bunch of different percentage breakdowns about physical album sales, music videos, streaming, performances, judges' evaluations, how all those scores come together in different percentages depending on the award category to determine the winner. But a big takeaway I pull out of that data is that for artist and album categories, they stick to 10 or 20% of the score being based on your digital performances. But the performance score rises to 30% for Song of the Year and Song Genre Category Awards. And for Artist and Song of the Year, both of those take 10% of the score, made it based on music video views. There's no percent based on that for Album of the Year. That's interesting, it's like they tried to separate a good single from a good album. Frankly, I don't have a problem with that change. Kind of makes sense to me. What I do have some problems with is who is included, but mostly who is excluded from MAMA nominees. First of all, there feels like a lot of potential this year for some nasty inter-fandom feuds because they keep putting artists from the same group against each other. Lisa and Rosé as soloists keep getting nominated back-to-back. Baekhyun, Dio, and Kai, all in the best male artist category. It just feels like that's going to be messy. And emboldening to people who, for some reason I'll never understand, are fans of one member of a group but don't support the total group success. Then for favorite male group, NCT 127 and NCT Dream are treated like two separate groups, both nominated. So what N-Citizens are supposed to do, I don't know, pick your subunit I guess, but again, seems unnecessary. Especially when you only have six nominees five or six in each category. It feels like there's not enough room for all the amazing bands, so why take up even more of the space? And again, I'm saying that as a huge fan. Just my thought. I'm gonna try something I've never done before on this show, and just put out there not who I think should win, but who I think will win in each category. Some I agree with, some I don't, but I'm not gonna get into that. Just focused on a prediction of who will win each category. So save this audio if you want to roast me later, if I end up being entirely wrong, or if you want to be amazed by my prediction ability. We'll find out. Best male artist will be... N hyphen. Best female artist... Espa. Best male artist... King Daniel. Best female artist... IU or Lisa or Rosé from Blackpink, one of the soloists. Best male group... I have no freaking idea. Really, really intense competition there. Best female group, Itzy or Twice. Best dance performance from a male group, 
BTS or Seventeen, Best Dance Performance for a Female Group, Espa, Itzy, or Twice, Best Dance Performance from a Soloist, So Me or One of the Solo Blackpink Members, Best Vocal Performance, IU, Best Band Performance, Day Six, or Janabi, Best Hip Hop and Urban Music, Changmo, Jesse, or Mino. Best OST, Love Day. Best Collaboration, Coldplay and BTS. And Worldwide Fans Choice Top 10, I'm still debating. Definitely BTS will be there, 17 better be there, Espa will surely be there, NCT, 127 at least, Rosé, Lisa, TXT, twice if I didn't say them already, Stray Kids will be there too probably. Let's get to your miscellaneous, more rapid-fire headlines. More nominees are in for the EMAs, where BTS is nominated for Best Group and Biggest Fans and Best Pop. Blackpink is also nominated for Biggest Fans. The Best K-Pop category nominates again Elisa and Rosé in the same category, plus Monsta X, Twice, BTS, and NCT 127. And the EMAs has nominated for Best Korean Act, We I, Cravity, Espa, Stacey, and Weekly. The EMAs airs November 14th, and voting closes the 10th. BTS is Butter and their Coldplay collab My Universe, both nominated for Music Video of 2021 at the People's Choice Awards. Butter is also nominated for Song of 2021. BTS is nominated for Group of 2021, and TXT is nominated for a new artist of 2021. Not exactly new anymore, but I'm not gonna complain. And then there's the AMAs, where BTS is nominated for Favorite Pop Song, Favorite Pop Duo or Group, and what is considered one of the huge main prizes, Artist of the Year. Man, if they get AMAs Artist of the Year, that is, that will be such a moment. More BTS updates. Their song Friends is going to be on the Marvel's Eternal soundtrack, which is really surprising but exciting. They join the iHeartRadio Jingle Ball lineup just for the LA show, December 3rd. You can get tickets at iHeartRadio.com backslash Jingle Ball. They appeared virtually as part of Coldplay's Graham Norton show performance. They got some new platinum and gold certifications for Life Goes On, Dynamite, Permission to Dance, and DNA. RM is the first solo BTS member to reach 600 million Spotify streams. And they won, for the first time in more than one category in the same year, several awards at MTV Japan's VMAs. Sadder news, Lovelies is disbanding. They were really special. I really liked what they had going for them. Seven of the eight members have decided to leave Willem Entertainment, so Baby Soul is the only member staying. Contracts officially end the 16th. CL and Janae Aiko interviewed each other for the Rolling Stone Musicians on Musicians series. It's on newsstands now, and you can check out Rolling Stone's YouTube channel for more. As of recording time, this isn't announced, but... I wouldn't be surprised if they're also in conversation on an episode of the Musicians on Musicians Rolling Stone podcast, so look out for that. Winner is said to join the Weavers app. King Daniel is said to host a spin-off show to Street Woman Fighter called Street Dance Girls Fighter. Girls Planet 999 officially chose their final group. 
a nine-member group called Kepler, K-E-P number one E-R. Espa performed two songs at the United Nations concert, and they joined the lineup for Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the first K-pop girl group to ever do so. NCT Dream and Oh My Girl were just awarded at the Minister of Culture, Sports, and Tourism Commendation Ceremony. Suzy won Outstanding Korean Actress for her role in Startup at the Seoul Drama Awards. The Civil Settlement Division of Seoul District Court has officially ruled in Sleepy's favor against the claims of breach of contract and other damages pushed by his agency. Those claims were thrown out by this division. Sleepy won his court case against TS Entertainment. Treasure is gearing up to release a High School Horror Stories web series. It's an eight-episode mystery, premiering November 12th. And then it will air every Friday on YouTube at 10 p.m. Korean time. ONF, on and off, they decided to all enlist in the military at the same time. Except for the Japanese member who doesn't have to. But the five of them are enlisting together. Earlier than they have to. They've spent less than five full years together as a group, so it's an interesting choice to go now, but I guess they just want to get it over with. Sori is the only Korean artist featured in Vivo's Artist to Watch lineup for 2022. Blackpink's Lisa is gearing up to release her first collection with MAC Cosmetics. Blackpink performed Stay as part of YouTube's Dear Earth special. One of the newest KBS radio hosts is B2B's Minghya who has replaced Day 6's Young K, while Young K is in the military. Lee Chae-yun from Fromis 9 is dealing with an ankle injury, so she will limit her physical participation in group activities for the foreseeable future. Also, Lee Chae-yun from the dance crew Want is not joining the others on a national Street Woman Fighter tour. No specific reason given, just she will not be joining that tour. B1A4 is going to have a final online fan meeting before Sandu and Liss. They will release a new single then as well. This is taking place through VLive November 10th. ITZY will have an online showcase December 18th, right before their Japanese debut. NCT 127's My Music Taste concert is November 9th at 8pm Korean time. Seoto Band is having a live stream event via Eventbrite. November 10th, 10 a.m. Central Time, and N-Hyphen is going to have both an online and offline fan meeting, November 19th at KBS Arena Hall. Reaching 10 million views, N-Hyphen's Tamed Dashed, Waiting by Woods, Vivace by Lightsome, Swipe by Itzy, and Cold-Blooded by Jesse, 30 million, Ping Pong by Hyuna and Dawn, and XOXO by Somi, 60 million, Daddy by Psy and CL, and Sticker by NCT127. 100 million, Any Song by Zico, Thunderous by Stray Kids, Kai with Um, and he's actually the first solo EXO member to reach that, Twice with The Feels, and Espo with Savage. 140 million, NCT127's Kick It. 200 million, Lisa with Money, and Blackpink with Lovesick Girls, the dance practice version. 300 million for La Lisa, which has broken the record now, became the fastest video from a K-pop female solo act to reach 300 million views, took 48 days. Lisa on her own has also surpassed 23 million monthly Spotify listeners, reaching 400 million views. BTS's Life Goes On, 
500 million Blackpink's Lovesick Girls, 600 million BTS's Butter, 700 million Blackpink Playing With Fire, 1.3 billion Blackpink Boom By Ah, and 4.2 billion Still Reigning Supreme, Sigh With Gundam Style. N-Hyphen's Dimension Dilemma album sold over 81,000 copies in its first week. It was previously 50,000 copies. Espa sold over 510,000 copies of Savage in 15 days. They also became the first girl group to get a perfect all-kill on music shows in 2021. Nam Woo Hyun's album, With, topped iTunes in eight regions. Lots of NCT updates with Favorite. The video took 49 minutes to reach a million views. The album surpassed 1 million stock pre-orders. Thanks to Sticker and Favorite, the group is now triple million sellers. Murray is the first K-pop group from 2021 to reach a million followers on TikTok. And lastly, not K-pop related, but while I still have your attention real quick, the thing I want to alert your attention to this week is a PSA about your pumpkins. Don't throw them away if you haven't yet. Break them down into little pieces and throw them out in the woods or the backyard, somewhere where animals can eat them. Seeds are a natural dewormer for them. It is healthy to have animals eat parts of your pumpkin. And if you can't find a good use for it, just know that if you throw it out, it's just going to go in a landfill and add to methane emissions. So there are more sustainable ways to get rid of pumpkins can do some animals some good, so please consider an alternative to throwing them out. PSA over, that was a lot of news to take in. Thank you all for sticking with me, and lots coming on the show in the next week, and I will be there to cover it, so stay tuned, thanks again, and I will talk to you all again very, very soon.